tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am, you know I'm here to do, I'm here to... Rah! Join me as always, Xavier Guerrero and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. What's up, guys? I've decided to make it. I've made an d- executive decision. I'm going to shorten the intros. Oh, okay. We're getting uh-huh. into it real quick. I just want to tell you about my upcoming dates. Just go to samtriplet.com. Uh, September 8th uh, through the 10th, I'm in Plano at Plano House of Comedy. Uh, September 14th. Uh, I have two shows at the World Famous Comedy Store, and then Saratoga Springs, uh, I'm doing September 30th, and doing two shows there. Guys, uh, if you want to find out all my premium content on Rockfin, if you want to go, uh, my t-shirts are there. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, Cash Daddy Patreon, my cameos, all my te- my Telegram, all my free audio, all my free videos. Just go to Sam Tripoli. Dot com. Enjoy the show. Hold on. Do you guys got anything? No. Let's okay. Go. No, we just did a we broken Sam. Just went up. The brand new one. Check, Check out, out the new Number broken 61. Sam. Sam invents a gay cryptid. It's fabulous. <laughs> I, I heard it's it. great. Yeah, I heard it was great. Oh, Check you. it out. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode with John Bush. Go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. All righty, let's get into it. Very excited to have this guy on. He's an activist, entrepreneur, a man of many hats, doing many, many things in the community. Uh, please welcome to the show, John Bush. How are you, John? I'm great. Life's good. Thank you so much for having me. John, pleasure, 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 honor, honor, honor. For uh, those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Okay, sure. Well, I've been an activist for peace and freedom and truth for 20 years now. Started off learning about the whole 9-11 thing that took me down a rabbit hole of conspiracies and global governance, all that stuff. And I got into activism, political activism at first, but that wasn't satisfying for me uh, because at the end of the day, it didn't create more freedom in my life. So I started exploring the creation of alternative institutions like cryptocurrency, uh, permaculture, intentional community, and ultimately uh, helped to found the Freedom Cell Network. It's a shirt I'm wearing now. There's over 33,000 people that are working together on solutions to create real freedom in our lives. Uh, More recently, I started a business called Live Free Academy, where we teach people to create freedom through crypto, entrepreneurship, exiting the cities, buying land, building community in the country. And that business is Live Free Academy. Livefree.academy is the website, so people can find me there. But really excited to chat with you guys and help folks kind of paint a clear picture of what the problems we are that we're facing and more importantly what are we going to do about it uh, i love all of it uh, i'm going to start off with what i at the minute you start talking by, by the way i'm a crypto guy even though sure. celsius has really uh kicked me in the dick right now and, <laughs> but you know what that doesn't mean i'm not 
high still on crypto. I'm. It's a very weird thing, man, because you know I I very much dabble in anarchism. Uh, I I'm I I really like a lot of that. But then mm -hmm. I look at things like what happened with Celsius, and I ask myself, can we have complete anarchy? And that's a so. So the the whole this short story long right basically I want to know are you are you at all concerned about crypto and and what it might be in terms of a Trojan horse to one world money and people's ability to or government's ability to shut it down and you're not able to get your crypto. Great question. And there's a lot of folks in the freedom, truth, conspiracy community that are very concerned about crypto. And unfortunately, that concern leads them to avoid it altogether, which I think is not a good idea because as these central bank digital currencies roll out, that'll be able to track, trace, analyze, and limit people's ability to do business. Private cryptocurrencies like Monero, especially, or Pirate Chain, they are going to be the only way for free people to do business online, right? So it's possible that Bitcoin was created as some New World Order plot, but I think it's highly unlikely. Most likely, whoever Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, they, or them, or some group of people was. I think it was this came out of this cypherpunk movement where all these folks were trying to create a sovereign internet money, and they tried here, they tried here, but they couldn't come up with ways to solve decentralization and then double spending where you like would replicate a digital thing, a digital good. So I think that it's a force for good, and I've been involved in the space since like 2011, 2012. Damn. And back then, we naively thought like crypto is going to end the Fed. It's going to end the central banks. But I think we uh, miss we we miss underestimate we underestimated the the cunningness of these central banks. And now they're simply using digital currencies in order to usher in their control paradigm. But the decentralized nature of crypto, the fact that Bitcoin is operating on 10, 12, 14,000 different computer servers around the world makes it extremely difficult to shut down and, I, and almost impossible, basically. So I'm very bullish on crypto. I still feel confidently that it's a wonderful tool for, for free people to continue to do business without the government able to get in their way. I like it. Hey, real quick, just we're hearing you hit the table all the time. I just don't want people to be distracted by sure, what sure, you're sure. saying. So watch. Um, I love all of it. Again, I was really, uh, I, I'm really always been bullish on it, even though we kind of took a beating in it. And I find it very interesting. Are you familiar with the Celsius situation and what's going on with that? You know, obviously this guy, uh, what's his name? Mashinsky, Alex Mashinsky. Alex Mashinsky uh, decided to try to do some sort of, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, uh, fractional reserve banking with crypto and was lending out my, uh, crypto. Well, I wish it was that organized. I mean, it just it just seemed like their balance sheets were a, a fucking mess. They didn't. That, no, there were no adults in the room. At well, that it was definitely <laughs> wild west, right? It was wild west, and he was running and gunning, and just like and in a bull market, that works, man. Hell, right. you know, there's plenty of coin to go around, right? And then when then, it pulls back, dude, when people start pulling fuck. their money out, is it an exchange or a wallet? It's an exchange. Yeah. That's an important distinction. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, that's what not, everyone's going to tell you. Because I have a Coinbase exchange and a Coinbase wallet. And so when, when we see this go down and then suddenly this company won't let you pull your money out because everyone's pulling their money out, which is basically means he, he got made off. 
<laughs> right? That's basically what happened. I mean, I mean, there's guys in the crypto world that have done what Madoff has done, and they're walking around free, like that guy from Korea, right? Who like lost like sixty-eight billion dollars worth of uh, crypto overnight, and. Man, nothing's happened to him. Madoff's got to be like, damn, dude, that's not cool, <laughs> right? I mean, so your thoughts on that? I mean, like, do you have any thoughts yeah. on Celsius Code? Just so you know, I'm an ally. I love crypto. I think that there's a lot to oh, work sure. with. And people who were guiding early, played the game really well, are extremely wealthy right mm -hmm. now. And if they were smart enough to pull out during this kind of, uh, this this elite kind of movement to just destroy everything it seems like you know uh they got out soon enough to save their money thoughts so the important piece of cryptocurrency is this concept of not your keys not your coins so the big benefit of of cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized and you don't have to trust a third party well, there are companies like Celsius or Coinbase that operate on top of the crypto ecosystem, right? But they are companies. And most of these companies in these exchanges, Coinbase, Kraken, Celsius, they actually have your private keys, right? So when you set up a cryptocurrency account in a wallet or one of these exchanges, there's a public address, which is a long string of letters and numbers, kind of like your account number, but you can make infinite numbers of them. And then there's a private key. Now this private key is basically the code that unlocks access to your crypto that's tied to that public address. So when you have crypto that you purchase on Celsius or you store in a Coinbase wallet, these companies have those private keys. You don't have access to them. So in reality, you don't have control over your crypto. So the thing to do is if you're going to purchase cryptocurrency through a Celsius or a Coinbase, it's you immediately move it to what's called a non-custodial wallet. I'm a big fan of one called Coinomi, coinomi.com. And essentially, you have total control over that money because no one else has access to the private keys. So I'm with you, right? Anarchism is a scary concept. And with great freedom comes great responsibility. So one of the things we try to do with Live Free Academy is teach folks that not your, not your keys, not your coins. If you're going to use one of these centralized exchanges, you got to pull the money off so you can have self-custody over it because that's really one of the big benefits of crypto, unlike a bank account that the IRS could backdoor into or gold where someone could break the door down or an executive order can be signed and they come physically confiscated with crypto when you have one of these non-custodial wallets and you have it backed up and no one else has access to any passwords encryption keys or private keys it actually is one of the first iterations of sovereign money that we've had in the history of civilization so you just got to play the cards right and unfortunately there's a lot of folks that are taking advantage of that lack of knowledge and there's a lot of businesses and companies that are getting pretty greedy and that's what we saw happen just recently konomi okay i'll look into it bro i'm yeah. afraid what about metamask or uh exodus exodus is great exodus actually does lightning network so it's this way to send small amounts of bitcoin really easily little to no fee whatsoever uh and so i'm a big fan of exodus wallet it's also non-custodial metamask is what's known as a web3 wallet Right. So it rides on your browser, Chrome, or I prefer Brave browser, which is like a crypto backed privacy browser. And it allows you to interact with smart contracts. Right. So Celsius and some of these other platforms, they do what's called centralized finance, where you could take
take your crypto, you lend it to this company, and then you could borrow against it, right? But again, you're in this centralized world with the MetaMask wallet and certain platforms like Compound, which is what I use, Compound.app. You can actually do decentralized finance. I actually did that to pay for my house to get painted, to pay for the down payment on my solar panels. And the cool thing about it, if there's folks that have a nice crypto stash and they want to gain access to that capital, instead of selling it and then taking a hit with the IRS, you can use it as collateral, borrow against it. And then because it's a loan, it's not a taxable event. Now these decentralized platforms, you gotta be smart. They're a little complicated, but it does take out some of that greed and some of that having to trust a third party like Celsius to do the right thing. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's really innovative. And that's on compound, right? Yeah. Compound Ave is another platform as well. AAVE. Hey dude, you gotta come on my, uh, my financial podcast as well and tell us all about that because i think our listeners let's go here yeah so uh you mentioned 9-11 was a big 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 real quick do you like do you like edge wallet are they okay i love edge wallet i'm good friends with paul Pui. he's the developer they actually it's in beta right now but pretty soon they'll be integrating ave and that will allow you to do the DeFi within a very simple uh mobile phone wallet right because some yeah. of this DeFi stuff is kind of complicated and if you, you got to tread lightly start with the real small amount like experiment with a few hundred bucks before you go tossing in 10 20 or more twenty thousand or more but this edge wallet will make it really simple for people to be able to do this decentralized finance so i'm looking forward to that uh making it more accessible for folks I got my uh, my Monero on there. That's what I'm leaving yeah, over there. That's right. Yeah. All right. So I'm in, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you. He's uh, in. I'm in. Sold. Uh, <laughs> so 9-11 was a big impact on you. Uh, where were you? And what, what I mean, you, you're, you look like a pretty young guy, right? I mean, like, how old were you when 9-11 happened? And when did you start digging in? Uh, let me do the math. So I'm 38 now. So 2000, 2001, uh, what is that? 21 years. So is that 20? I don't know. Somebody do the math for me. I was, uh, I don't have school. faith in you anymore. 17, <laughs> 11th grade or something. right? Yeah. No, yeah I was no. in high school, senior year of high grade. school, 17, yeah. 17. Must have been 19 or something. Yeah. And, uh, I remember the morning of 9-11, I just used it as an excuse not to go into school. My mom was like, son, mio, mio, my mom's uh, Hispanic. She's like, son, these planes just crashed in these towers. This is before anyone knew that it was a quote unquote terrorist attack, right? But shortly thereafter, I caught a documentary by old Alex Jones, love him or hate him, on cable access, right? Because I grew up in Austin, Texas, and that's where Jones is from. And he used to be cranking it out on Channel 10. In fact, when I was even younger, I would call in and prank call his show. But uh, after 9-11, I caught this documentary, 9-11 Road to Tyranny, and it was just a big eye-opener. So that was in 2002, right after 9-11. I tell you what, it was a lot more challenging to be a 9-11 truther back then when everyone was all patriotic and everyone was all gung-ho about the war but uh that really changed shifted my perception about government and trust and this whole new world order concept and i quickly just dove into activism back then we would have these like dvd towers right and you would crank out 10 dvds so we'd be replicating loose change all these documentaries and passing them out on the street i don't even think people have dvd players nowadays but uh it was a big influence on me and sent me down the rabbit hole researching the council on foreign relations the bilderberg group all that stuff the big trip actually is that back then we would say 
We got to stop this new world order. It's coming. It's going to happen in the future. And now after 9-11, it's like, man, this is here. It's accelerated. They're moving at breakneck speeds. And it's critical that we all take active steps to exit these systems and build a better world for ourselves and our children. I, I totally agree. Uh, they are moving forward, even though all of the information coming out is counter to what they're doing. And it's like, we, I know, but we're going to find out how much these courts really are, you know, courts and not just like, like banana courts where like they just throw out the, the rule of law, but we'll see, man. But I just feel like more and more people are waking up. I don't know if you no. watched uh, the Bill Maher last night, Johnny, were you back in time to see your boy? No, Bill not Maher? yet. No, I usually watch, him you know, he had Rob Reiner, who's a pure scumbag. Uh, yeah, he's Rob. Sucks, no, it's not even that he's a liberal. Is if you study the chick from Poltergeist and uh, how his name is very much connected with that whole thing. He's a weird. Dude, he's, no. no, he's not weirdo. He's a predator scumbag, and that's Sam Tripoli speaking. Nobody else. But you know, he's like doing mental gymnastics last night um, when they're talking about the FBI and them on you know to trying to censor the Hunter Biden story. He's like, we don't know what really happened. We don't know. It's like everyone's admitted it. The guy who runs Facebook just yeah. told you they did it. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Rob Reiner, I've seen him on there a bunch. I'll punch and, that and, dude. And he defends the whatever the left party line is. Every, I mean, just perfectly. They must have Rob Reiner. It, it's they I'll fight you. you for charity, Rob Reiner. Name the charity. I'll fight you. Dude, he'd die. I'll he's, fight he's, him. But dude, it's clear they've got something over him because nobody toes the party line that perfectly unless they have the blackmail stuff. Yeah, and I, mean? I know what the blackmail is. Yeah, well, it sounds oh, like you're right. Yeah. yeah, I am. So it's 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 super interesting. Uh, do you think we're going to win or do you think we're going to lose before we get into how to uh, fight back? Do you think we're going to win? Do you think we're going to lose? I personally live in a world... Uh, that I don't believe these parasite scumbags are bigger than the universe, and the universe is about love, and they're not bigger than that. What's your thoughts? I have always been an optimist, even from the beginning, and I believe that our side has freedom, truth, light, love. Our path, our philosophy is the natural way of things. It's the natural order. There's a balance, there's a harmony, there's light. They have to use deception, social engineering, darkness and manipulation in order to carry forward their agenda. And so I think we just have that going for us. But on top of that, they're consistently overplaying their hands. And even though COVID ushered in some pretty tyrannical and technocratic stuff, love to talk about technocracy with y'all. Yeah. Uh, I think they really awakened to sleeping giant and it's only a matter of time before decentralization, innovation takes over. And I think people just abandon their systems. The internet's been a great tool. It's a tool for control, but more so it's a tool to connect people and it's a tool to circumvent their information control. In spite of all the censorship, you guys are still cranking out some solid content. There's programs, podcasts. It's, it's all, I, I feel confident that we're gonna experience freedom, hopefully liberty in our lifetime, if not our children's or their children's. Hey, if you love the show, you should check out our premium content at rockfin.com. Conspiracy Social Club, Tim Full Hat Premium, Zero, my spiritual show. I have a financial uh, premium content at patreon.com slash cash daddies. We're crushing over there real quick. And so here's a word from our sponsor. 
Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Copy My Crypto. All right, guys, listen, the recession is underway. Fuel is through the roof and food prices are insane. People are beginning to lose their homes. But there can be a massive positive to this because recessions are where more wealth is made than in any other time in the economic cycle. Take the last recession. Those who invested in property and stocks more than doubled their money inside two years. But no market rose like crypto where people made 10, 50, even 100 times over the same period. That's what James McMahon did. On his Crypto with James YouTube channel, he told his 21,000 subscribers to invest in the same 26 coins that he did. Had you invested $100 into each of those coins, you'd have been in profit for more than $123,000. $1,000! Wow! His top pick of the year, a crypto called Phantom, went up a staggering 692 times. And remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. James will be sharing every coin he buys during this recession on his Copy My Crypto membership site. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply copy James. So to join the 2,800 members who copy James, go to copymycrypto.com slash Sam. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash S-A-M. It's your call. You can thrive in this recession or be another victim. Go to, go visit the site and read every word now things are happening because i don't know if you know uh, what's his name steven crowder he got taken off of youtube so does andrew tate they go to rumble and rumble's yeah. top 10 now on on the yeah. apple download people yeah. are actually fucking downloading shit you can't stop that when people are actually going and downloading and yeah. watching steven crowder for a whole week there on there great websites out there that are as good as youtube or not, if not better right and, you know, so we're on Rockfin, and I love Rockfin. Rockfin's doing an amazing job. There's Odyssey, yep. right? BitChute. And now there, uh, our boy Ben Swan has Sovereign, and yep. we've been uploading episodes to there. And it's like, if you really hate what to do, I hate that I have to be on YouTube. That is the main street of, of commerce. Yeah. I would love to be on this side street if I knew people would walk 20 feet to my store. But they don't. But I like the way Tim Pool uses it. He uses it to get them to go to his shit. He's this is where the kids are at. So if you're not on YouTube, then you're not gonna grow, grow. Right. Tim Pool stays there, plays plays the rules, and then after the two hours you get for free on YouTube, you want the real shit where he starts dropping f bombs and just no, not really, but he really just goes deeper. That's it's on his website. On Tim Cast Pool charges you five bucks. It's just we have a real problem in this country when something is established as the brand of excellence. It's yeah. so hard to get people to go away from that. Yeah. It's, it's so got so hard. many integrations too. I mean, we hear this from a lot of people. People already have it. You know, they have the Apple app. They're in that ecosystem, yeah. that YouTube ecosystem. Roku. You know, yeah, it's on their Roku. It comes built in with every fucking TV now. Every smart TV has yeah. the YouTube app. That's where that's where it's really hard to get. People and you off. you can't come in looking like YouTube when it first started. <laughs> no you way. You have to come in <laughs> oh, yeah. looking like YouTube today. It's got to be polished. It's nice got to be shiny. Yeah. Like, like this is this is Rumble does not look. Pretty, yeah. I mean, it's, it's be for real. It looks, it looks kind of unk. Uh, uh. It yeah, it's I sparse. Mean, it's yeah. about the message. Yeah, the content. I mean, it, it, yeah, it is about the content, but 
it will grow and it will do great stuff and hopefully things will will turn around. But I I do believe that we're winning. You know, say what you want about Q, and I know there's a lot of people that don't like Q, and I understand that. And we called it out for what it was on the show, you know. And but there is a saying there is like they soon won't be able to walk the streets alone, and you're starting to see that now more and more and more and more. People are pushing back and uh and. I don't know if you saw what happened in uh, Canada, where uh, they were. Uh, John, did you see where uh, the the lady who made the decision to freeze people's bank accounts? I remember her. Yeah. She was uh, she was getting on an elevator and she just got screamed at by this dude who's like, "Fuck you, you cunt! Why the <laughs> fuck are you here?" And dude, everyone's like, "She got a cost." I'm like, "She froze people's bank accounts yeah. because they had different political views." Than the government. Like, how can she be the good guy and the victim? Man. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of misinformation when that happened. They tried to pivot and say that your crypto is not safe, right? Well, sh we're shutting down the crypto. Well, they couldn't touch, like I shared earlier, the non-custodial wallets. They can pressure Coinbase or pressure companies to lock you out of your crypto account. But again, if folks are doing it non-custodial in a true decentralized way, cryptocurrency is the tool. It is the vehicle to circumvent their incoming mark of the beast system. And what happened in Canada, a so-called liberal democracy, uh, is just in indicative of what's going to be happening all all over the place so it's absolutely critical that people learn these technologies they grow their own food to overcome the food supply chain disruptions they link up with like-minded people start doing pull the kids out of government school all that stuff because it's coming down the pike but it's up to each and every one of us to take responsibility for our freedom into our own hands so i recently joined the libertarian party you know i i would love to get into activism uh johnny has converted me he's he, he's worked me for a little while and i joined libertarianism and uh as you know according to the notes i've gotten you did it in 2007 so you and johnny are ogs of this so i think you guys are on the right side what made you join the libertarian party well so I consider myself a libertarian or an anarchist or an agorist, which is like revolutionary market anarchism. However, I got to say, I'm not very fond of the Libertarian Party. I learned about libertarianism, the philosophy from Ron Paul, and I was involved in his campaign in 2007, 2008. And then we did a political action committee in Texas. We like we stopped police officers from being trained to do blood withdrawals on the side of the road. Uh, we managed to get some legislation passed in the state of Texas, a bill that I actually helped to author uh, passed. And it would have made it so these fusion centers, these are these Department of Homeland Security fusion centers that merged the local police department, the college police department with the FBI and Department of Homeland Security. We got these privacy policies put in place so they couldn't collect information of a political view. And then come to find out nobody ever enforced it. It was just a joke. And my name actually got put into a fusion center database. Oh. But I came to realize like the politics, political activism, even if you seem like you're having a victory, in reality, most of it is just slowing the growth of tyranny. And that's why I shifted. I pivoted away from politics, Libertarian Party, Republican this, lobbying, voting for this guy or that guy into how can we create systems? How can we create infrastructure? How can we create networks where we support one another, where we create real freedom, real financial abundance outside of their system? Because if we just 
play their game, we're only going to recreate the tyranny that we've experienced for so long. We got to create new systems that are more resilient against the tyranny and all this corruption. I, I love Dave Smith, and I, I, if he runs, he's got my vote, and I love him. But and I love Jimmy Dore. I love him. I love his content. But I'm always like, how old are you that you still are into politics, right? I mean, like the game of politics, and and it's like, a fraud. I'm with you. And like, they're not frauds. They're great people. They're good friends. Yeah, yeah, they're and I love them. And I, 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 that I hurl my complete our support around them. I just go, what, what, where's our energy being put into? What are we paying attention to? And for me, it's all look inside and work on yourself. And that's how yeah. we do it. And you know, so when you have kids and your kids go to school, now you're going to the, the, the board of education meetings and holding these people's feet to the fire because they aren't your boss. Okay. You vote for them to represent you and what you want. We've gotten really away from that. And I feel like these, these politicians have no fear of us. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not a violent guy. I don't, I don't need violent. I know I posted that, that occasionally the tree of Liberty must be, you know, <laughs> nurtured with the blood of uh tyranny and and whatever you know rebels or whatever it is but you know, i don't even know i what if i asked for that patriots tattoo and, and it was just like, like yeah patriots and tires i would like, like to get it tattooed like what you just said fades out a little bit <laughs> but um you know but at the end of the day i would love just to everybody just understand what was happening and acquiesce right but i don't know if that's possible but i'm not calling for any violence because i i'm a peace guy I'm, i love peace and peace I, man you know and i want people to love and so i think it's what's that uh, the same i was peace just saying peace was man yeah, he was doing the same thing yeah so i'm just like i just i just want love and i just want people to get along and but i want people to know that like i mean you could go and march on washington dc all you fucking want man that's great do it you know but look at, I mean, like, dude, look what's going on. I mean, our boy Gavin, uh, Gavin New, McGinnis, oh, McGinnis just got fucking uh, taken in by the FBI. Um, by, by McGinnis just being associated with people that were there on January 6th. Yeah. He's been interviewed by He's the He's a guy that's gotten a worse, like, nobody's gotten a more of a bum rap than Gavin McGinnis for shit that they didn't, you know what I mean? Like, the, the guy is, yeah, he's a rabble rouser, you know? He, I mean, he, yeah, like, stirs shit, shit up, but that's all, you know? It's crazy, right? I, I love I mean, Gavin McGinnis. I have no... So, let's get into these alternative institutions, what, yeah. what, what, where do you want to start with that? You're, you're switching these alternative institutions. Where do we go? What, do we, what, what should our, our listeners and viewers be looking into? Well, I think first and foremost, we got to eat. And anybody that is paying attention to anything, going to the grocery store, not even watching videos about analysis of what's going on, they got to be feeling the pain right now with the inflation, with the supply chain disruption. And, you know, a lot of it is intentional and it's by design, right? So they have these climate change policies and it's all part of this great reset. The World Economic Forum's push to completely reshape society, government, business, economies. And they're 
essentially trying to use food as a weapon. Like Henry Kissinger said back in the day, if we want to control people, we got to control the food. And of course, Henry Kissinger is Klaus Schwab's mentor from way back, way back when. So it's critical that people take responsibility for at least supplying a decent chunk of their own food themselves, whether they're growing it on their own property, whether they're getting creative if they got a balcony at their apartment or the single family neighborhood with the raised bed gardens, or they're participating in a community supported agriculture program where you pay a monthly fee and a local farm will deliver food to you. More recently, we just did this meat share where my good friend Brad, he lives on the property. We have a 10 acre homestead here in central Texas. My fiance and I purchased it like a year ago and we have two community members. They also work with me at Lipfree Academy and our company Bray Botanicals. And so he put together a meat share. So we're like, hey, we want to bring together people that will chip in and we'll pay to get a quarter of a cow butchered and then we'll distribute it amongst the participants. Well, there was so much interest. We actually got a whole cow butcher. It cost like 4,000 bucks. The price was the equivalent of the local grocery store, except it was all grass fed, totally organic. And we are building those relationships with the local cattle rancher. So when crap hits the fan, when the squeeze gets put on by the federal government, when the supply chain gets all jacked up, we have those relationships. We have that food resiliency. And so I think nothing is more important right now than folks coming together, meeting with local food producers, learning about permaculture, learning about aquaponics, hydroponics, just planting food right in the ground. There's a lot of people that are like, I got my survival seed bank. So if crap hits the fan, I'm just going to plant the garden. But it's a little bit more challenging to take something from seed to fruit, right? Uh, we're building a chicken coop right now. Chickens are really easy to maintain. You get the eggs coming out. You got the meat. You can do bone broth. So as far as an alternative institution, it's like instead of being reliant on these centralized institutions like the grocery store, like food coming in, like getting exported from South America oh, over great. to China, back to the U.S., yeah, we got to yeah. decentralize it. We got to localize it. And honestly, nothing could be more important right now. I completely agree. I think this is the most punk rock of punk rock shit, right? Yeah. You know what I'm happy about? We got someone like Johnny. Oh, yeah. Like, if we did that, we'd mean you would be fucked. What? John, me, like, me and you went out and got a farm or yeah, a house. Yeah. It was just me and you without Johnny. Yeah, that's true. We would, we would, I we would, would love yeah. to watch you, the Mexican, make the white labor guy <laughs> do fucking work. That'd no, he just teach me. He'd just teach me. And yeah. once I know, he'd be like, all right, I'm Mexican. I'm with you, man. I, I mean, yeah. we've had Jim Gale on, Greg Carwood's talking oh, about Jim Gale's this. Jim Gale's the man. And I think this is, this is it, man. And, you know, it's really about, it's really about going, what, what John just said, going back to basics, going back to nature, and it's all about connecting with other people, creating communities. I mean, we all live in L.A. Let's be honest. How many of us are really good friends with our neighbors? No, no. Nope. Not a lot. I have a couple that I'm cool with. Uh, I mean, I, but I've been there 10 years, and I'm like, there's four of them. I don't know anyone else in my neighborhood because they're all coming and going. That's what these big cities are doing. They're they're pushing us into these free range reservations, and yeah. they're just d- destroying all of our basic natural drives and intuitions. That's so- something that can happen in the country too, though, because I I noticed when I was younger in the in the middle of nowhere that I knew more of my neighbors, and as we aged, you know, it became people became more isolated. It's really it's super easy to be isolated from your neighbors, even out in the country. You know, no, I get that. I totally because we're not interconnected anymore. You used to rely on your neighbors for things, yeah, you yeah, know, and yeah. now and now we're not. But now so, it's, it's even yeah, worse now because be even if, yeah, even if you are friends with every neighbor in the building, if y'all go to the same grocery store, y'all fucked. 
Oh, you mean why? Yeah, because they're not going to have groceries if you don't have groceries. Like, you can't even go there and be like, hey, do you have milk? You yeah, can't go I, ask I, I him. Get, I get what yeah, but saying. if John, like, uh, in, where, where Johnny lives, one farmer might have cows, the other one has chickens. You're like, yo, I'll trade yeah. you. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the way, that's that's the way to point. do it. That's a good point. I'm with you on that. And that's why it is important to do this, to make community. And that's why we want to set up these meetups in LA. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's important, dude. I think this is the most punk rock shit you could do. Get out of the yeah. system as much as you possibly can. As Let's much go. As There's can. no reason why we shouldn't be doing it, and we can start small. I shared a link with your guys there. We're actually doing a workshop called the Exit and Build Homesteading on a Budget Workshop. So we recently did this big event called the Exit and Build Land Summit, and the whole idea is to encourage people to exit the big cities, there's already all sorts of tyranny. There's already all sorts of trouble, but that's where this smart city agenda is going to roll out where they're going to track, trace, surveil. They got like the, the light, uh, the light towers listening to you and they're pinging on your phone with all the 5g stuff. And so, uh, we encourage people to exit the cities, buy land, build community in the country. But the biggest hang up, the biggest limiting belief people have is that I don't have the money to buy land. I don't have the money to homestead. I don't know the first thing about homesteading. So we're putting together this workshop to teach people how to do it, whether they have property, whether they're in the country, whether they live in a single family neighborhood, apartment, condo. We're going to share all sorts of secrets, strategies that people can use to become more self-reliant because the time is now, man. So, yeah, we got a special link for your audience. I'd love for folks to check that out. I love it. I, I, I want to get into that. I also want to get into your Freedom Cell organization. Just real quick, we have some amazing t-shirts. We have some brand new t-shirts out there. Just go to samtriplee.com, click the banner at timfallhattshirts.com, and support the show. Uh, great way, great shirts, great support. Join the group. Uh, now a word from our sponsor. Hey, guys, are you a current smoker, past smoker, or someone close to you that smokes? Well, listen, that's why you got to check out Fume. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, natural way to quit cigarettes. That's why you got to check out Fume. Fume is the natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no smoke, no vape, and no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai and lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural. That means no harmful chemicals no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. Quitting is tough, but Fume really can help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who have tried everything and found that this works. I gave Fume to Dana, and guess what? She was blown away by how much it's helped with the cravings, okay? Whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with craving, Fume is a perfect tool for you. Head to breathefume.com slash tinfoil and use the promo code tinfoil and save 10% off your entire order. That is 10% off your entire order when you head to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash tinfoil. Use the promo code tinfoil. Uh, without giving away all the secret sauce, what are some of the things that you kind of uh, are telling people to do to get this going? What are some basic points you could talk to us about on it? Sure. So, 
you know, the Freedom Cell Network, there's over 33,000 of us globally. And I got this empowerment philosophy. I teach people with the Live Free Academy. Uh, it's four pieces. It's first, you got to have the right mindset. So you got to believe in yourself. If you're like, I don't know the first thing about gardening, therefore, I'm just not even going to try. You got to overcome that. You got to get try new things. You got to believe in yourself. You got to feel empowered and come at life from a place of power instead of a place of victimhood, which so many people do, especially folks that know all the crazy stuff going on in the world. So you got to have the right mindset. Then you come up with a strategy, a plan, set some goals, come up with a strategic action plan. Then you work with other people to carry out these goals, people that value freedom, people that share the same values as you. And finally, you gotta take massive action, right? So the first thing I would encourage people to do is to check us out in the Freedom Cell Network or check out y'all's meetups or whatever it is where you find people that know what's going on and are looking for solutions. And then you try to try to identify folks that already know how to garden. Maybe the guy's got the chicken over here. This guy's got the tractor. This guy's cousins, neighbors, uncles, nephews, like Spaceballs is, uh, owns, a, owns a farm or whatever. And so you start to try to identify the food producers in your network, right? Then from there, you start to buy food from them and build those relationships and get some commerce going. On top of that, you can start to grow some food in your own backyard. Start simple. Start with the stuff that's easy to grow if you've never grown food like tomatoes. Okra is really easy here in Central Texas. Squash is really easy and gives you a whole lot of calories. And just start experimenting with it. Because like I said, there's folks that are like, if crap hits the fan, that's when I'm going to start my garden. But it's a lot harder, especially when the when it's really hot, when there's not a lot of rain, there's a drought going on. So start small. And then I'm a big fan of chickens. Um, I've done. <laughs> we had 120 chickens at one point, and they're easier to manage than growing food, in all honesty, as long as you keep the predators out there or maybe keep the HOA if you guys are over in california yeah that's so fun yeah i mean like this is what we're doing i have a problem with killing animals i'm yeah. uh i'm not eating i think that's why i'll be bring serial killer johnny over to just start <laughs> slitting throats and stuff <laughs> but i <laughs> he gets off on it or yeah what? johnny nah, dude you want to see it. rock hard we'll see johnny <laughs> go after a chicken bro uh-huh Damn. it just gets really weird um, um that breast meat yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like Greg Carlwood wants me to go and shoot some stuff where we're like going to the butcher. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do it, man. It's Wait, just, he wants you, what, to shoot a cow or yeah, like no, hunt? Just to, he, go to a butcher and like butcher a lamb cow? and get some meat. What, to learn how to... He just wants you to watch or he actually wants you to sit there and I grab the wants, knife? He wants you to go, too, to participate. And I'm like, yes. I don't know, man. I, I can't tell if he just wants you to, to fuck with you or he's trying to teach you, like, hey, this is how you butcher. Yeah, this is how you do it. Oh, okay. That's the point of the video. Hey, well, I mean, after you kill it, you have to, I wouldn't know what to do with it, even if I killed it. Yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, that's what you learn. You yeah, learn how it, to, man. like, to clean it and... Johnny does that. You know, so we love it's that we have Johnny. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I really want to be self-sufficient. There's some good books, though, dude. There's some really good books that you can read to learn that stuff, like field guides and stuff to teach you how to, you know, you, you can screw some things up, but like that to get you started. Like, does, you should the, just read the book. I've watched a couple episodes of Meat Eater. Does that help? No. Uh, no. Maybe. Yeah, no. You need more in depth. Yeah. <laughs> dude, you can like, dude, on YouTube, there are step by step instructions on all of this stuff if you, if you really want that kind of education. And, and I understand. Places. I understand all that. Uh, I really do. It's just like I'm just personally not the. No, uh, I mean we're yeah we're trained to make it for it to seem kind of icky. We're not used to that kind of stuff. But it, you know, <laughs> I know that's not icky though. I know it's as natural as anything. Okay, I know that. Yeah. I understand that. 
I just no, but I it's I mean everybody's that way now, that because we've been removed from it. But I just yeah, I mean I I remember just growing up bloody hands from you know kid, child. So it does was, it go away, Johnny? You like killed if, a child <laughs> when I was a child, dude. We were. Uh, does you it know. go away, Johnny? Like, do you, if you could well, you if you if you start yeah. doing it from a young age, like you know, just no. But does it go away now? Like, if you haven't done it in a couple years, will you get squirmish? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. No, I, I, haven't I mean, I I clean fish and stuff, but that I mean, that's nothing these days. But yeah, it's been a while since I uh, did any other kind of real massive critters. Right? Yeah, oh. and you I've were- slaughtered chickens, but that's about it. No pigs or beef or cattle or anything. But you just gotta start small, and I mean. Yeah. You don't have to do that for food self-sufficiency. If folks want to kind of get that little in the middle instead of the grocery store or doing it all yourself, community supported agriculture is a great thing. You can search online for CSAs in my area. So you pay like whatever monthly fee and they have pickup points or they deliver it to your house. And the important thing too is like go out and get some FaceTime because when everything comes crashing down, the supply chain gets disrupted. You're going to want to have that relationship. You're going to want them to like you, to trust you, to know you, to know that you've been giving them business, bringing them business. And again, it all comes back down to relationships and communities. So the CSA thing is like, you don't have to get your hands dirty. You don't have to get your hands all bloody. Uh, You don't have to kill any kids or anything, but uh, (laughs) you'll still be able to get some food from a local supply. It's just about one thing a lot of people lack, I believe, is they're just carrying out a program. They don't take the time to think consciously about their life, about their choices and about their habits. So what we encourage with Live Free Academy is like, just sit down and contemplate, think about where you're at in life. What are your weaknesses? What are your vulnerabilities? What are your strengths? What are your family's weaknesses and strengths? What about your community and your little crew there? And what do I need to work on in order to improve my ability to not only survive through the crazy times ahead, but to thrive? Because there's two ways to think about this. One is like, let's let's resist. We need to push back. We need to avoid all this tyranny and technocracy. But I think the better way that we need to focus on is like, we deserve better as human beings. There's a better way to organize society besides all this corrupt, top-down, controlling nonsense where they're firing off military depleted uranium all over the Middle East, all these terrible wars and corruption and Hunter Biden, blah, blah, blah. We deserve better. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be living better. It just takes people recognizing that and going out and building it. And that's what we're trying to encourage with the Freedom Cell Network. Yeah, I agree. I'm a, a huge fan of that. And I think it's important that people realize they can do this. Yep. And it's just ha- you have to have the balls to go, I'm going to pull myself out of this system. And maybe it gets a little uncomfortable for a little while, but it's going to pay off in the long run. And you're getting back to nature. You're getting out of this, this construct that they have created over decades, if not centuries, to yeah. convince you that the big cities where the money is, the big cities where the players are, the big city is where happiness is. And it's like, you know what a great example of this is? It's like The Matrix, the movie. The big lie in The Matrix is that the people who escaped The Matrix lived miserable lives. And the truth of the matter is, is they ate great, they were happy, and they mm-hmm. simple, and they raised a family, and they were great. They weren't eating sludge. <laughs> Right? That's what they wanted you to believe in the Matrix, that they were going to eat pink sludge. And it was like, oh, it's great. It's like, no, dude. The people who stay in the Matrix eat the crap. The people who get out of the Matrix 
learn to be self-sufficient and take care of themselves and get out of politics and get out of that stuff. So, so do you, um, do you recommend, I know you moved to Texas. Do you think, are there some places that you recommend that are better than others? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like central Texas. Texas is a great state as far as, uh, it's friendly with business. There's no income tax. I can't even imagine living in a state where there's an income tax on top of the IRS. That just is nuts to me. Uh, but really I think what's one of the most important things is the, number of freedom-minded people that are there that are all networked, right? So, you know, I'd rather have a strong community and be in a place like California than be all alone, even in a freer place like South Dakota, for example. Um, But at the end of the day, what happened with COVID really revealed how important it is that we vote with our feet, right? Because it was night and day the experience folks had in Los Angeles, Massachusetts, New York City compared to Florida or Texas, right? Especially down in Florida with Governor DeSantis. I'm not a political guy, as I said, but I sure like the cut of his jib when it comes to all the COVID stuff and especially uh, the the clot shot. So uh, I'm a big fan of Florida. I'm a big fan of Texas. My buddy Derek Bros, who co-founded the Freedom Cell Network with me, he's uh, encouraging people to move down to Mexico. Now, Mexico, you know, it's a little more like the Wild West, but there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of family connectedness and the federal government is very weak. And if as long as you're not doing drugs or like getting all crazy, partying late at night, uh, you can avoid a lot of the cartel violence and all that crazy stuff. So I like Texas. I like South Dakota. I like Florida and I like Mexico. HBO ruined fucking Mexico. They had the whole anarchy fucking oh, season, and they made it seem like it was the worst experience in the world. Crypto's oh, bad. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I it watched was, it. Yeah, I was watching it. Dude, they made it it's seem It's worth horrible. the watch. It, it was worth the watch. It's pretty good. I was but. down there for, I mean, I participated in the conference and spoke at it, and all the characters that were the main characters, I knew each and every one of them, John and Lily, even Paul, the guy that uh, went off the deep end. But I think what they portrayed in the in the documentary was the truth they just chose of course to pick the drama to follow of course but at least the first couple episodes they share about anarchism and cryptocurrency but you know anarchism isn't necessarily going to be some clean utopian thing it could be messy but at the end of the day what's that expression i'd rather have unsafe freedom than be a slave and be safe in my cage you know yes. what i'm saying yes people will exchange uh freedom for safety and that's and then they end up losing both of those yeah uh i'm with you on that and like anarchy is going to be no different than you know any of these other political thing any other these political philosophies it's just the way it is because every political philosophy involves something called human beings okay and every every group is going to have a psychopath going to have somebody super smart somebody maybe comes in with more money than everybody else can manipulate the system i think the biggest the biggest thing in any political system if you want to keep it right for as long as you can is accountability if you have to make people accountable to the rules And if they don't follow the rules, okay, then there is a punishment. If there's no punishment, they're going to do everything they and and anything they want. And that's what we're looking at right now. I mean, these guys, and you can see the entire way that they are portraying anybody that gives them any shit as, as national terrorists, they're all domestic terrorists. They're all that. Anybody, because they're trying to scare the fuck out of you. 
of making them have consequences. And we're winning left and right. And I also go, okay, if we're winning so much, is that part of their plan too, right? <laughs> to make us think we're taking it and that everything's coming out. And in reality, they're just trying to cause more division. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. But all is coming out in the wash. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And they really want you afraid of making them pay for consequences. And I, again, I'm not calling for anything, but what I am calling for is people to stop worrying about what's happening in Washington, D.C. and start really wor wor worrying about what's happening in their neighborhood and, yeah. in, and in their city councils and on their uh, board of educations. Those things determine everything. And once you deal with that, then it's easy to take care of this, your, your, your state senate, right? And then yeah. your governor. And, you know, you mentioned DeSantis, like, and Johnny, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. What do you think of that Carrie Lake or whatever his na her name is out of Arizona? She talks mad shit, bro. <laughs> oh. And I like her. I, even though she's got that. That's all that, I know about her. That I complain shit. to the management haircut, right? Like, that's her haircut. <laughs> that's, but, yeah, man, fiery. she is fire, bro. And I love it. She'll take it right to it. And like, that's what we need. But the question is, can we trust somebody like that as well? And that's even, all. I mean, that's where it always comes And down even to me. if you like her, are you going to allow your personal emotional beliefs in what you think she represents and the party she represents to allow yeah. her to get away with things that you're like, okay, well, you know, man, I mean... Well, I mean, what's the alternative, right? And yeah. then that's where you start. Better than Joe Biden. Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. Or like Operation Warp Speed, the, the MAGA folks just go through mental gymnastics to justify that. Yeah. Thankfully, there's folks. I mean, Alex Jones is pushing back on Trump for that, at least. So I think the important thing is that we don't seek saviors. We don't seek politicians. We don't rely on politicians to do the right thing, right? And again, back to that exit and build thing, when it comes to the school and the school board, I think the appropriate strategy for free people is to pull their kids out of the government schools. Don't spend all the time at the school board and build a homeschool co-op or find a private school. And we just got to leave all those systems because at the end of the day, in all honesty, in my view, the government and all these systems are operating exactly as they were designed to, to control people, to empower those in control of those systems at the expense of everybody else. So the quicker we see that and abandon ship and go to greener pastures, I think the more luck we're going to have in actually creating real freedom for ourselves and lasting freedom for future generations to come, we'll get out of this rat race of every two years, every four years, all these cycles, right? Where even if you get some good guys in office, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. We got to replace the system with something that isn't so corruptible, that's more decentralized. Cryptocurrency is a perfect example, right? Central bank or crypto school board, school district, uh, department of education, or the local homeschool co-op going back to the old days. So let's say you're somebody, you're working a, a nine to five job, you're doing fine, you could always do better, but being able to move might not be the easiest thing to do. What are your thoughts to that? What do you say to that person that seems to be locked in to this life and would love to leave, but financially can't do it? What, what, what do we say to them? So it's all, you know, everyone has competing values, right? And sometimes comfort and security, consistency and stability are more important than freedom, right? And so, 
if people really want freedom, if they really want to move out to the country, if they really want to leave a place like New York or California, they can do it. They just have to cut through all those limiting beliefs. Most of them are internal. Internal obstacles are the biggest hindrance to people living a life that's in alignment with their values and their highest purpose. You got to cut those limiting beliefs and just figure out a way instead of saying, I can't possibly do it, figure out how I can. But on top of that, I look at things like in a spectrum. So you have total freedom, total anarchists. Like I file my 1040, right? I operate three or three businesses. We just started a fourth and a fifth and I'm filing my 1040. I'm trying to find the legal ways to not pay taxes or not pay as much taxes. But I have friends that are completely outside the system, total agorist, meaning no bank account, haven't paid income taxes in a decade, right? But that comes with some sacrifices. So on the one hand, you have total freedom, which is very difficult to attain nowadays unless we have a whole lot of people pursuing that path. And on the other hand, you have your boy Rob Reiner, right? He probably enjoys paying his taxes whenever a Democrat's in office. So I look at it like a spectrum. If somebody's stuck in the rat race of the nine to five, what steps can they take slowly but surely to move closer to a place where they're in more control of their lives? So that goes down to growing your own food. Maybe you make a plan. Maybe you can't pull the kids out of government school this semester or next semester. Both the parents are working, but what kind of plan can we come up with? What can we do today so as to position ourselves two or three semesters from now to be able to pull our kids out? What can we do today so as to position ourselves to have the money to make that move? Maybe like by the time 40 hours rolls around every week, I'm just barely getting started with my work week, right? Like this week, I'll probably do 60 or 65 hours because we have this, this workshop this weekend. So you got a 40 hour work week. There's still time to start that side hustle, to flip stuff on eBay or whatever, start an online course, podcast with advertising, whatever it may be. If there's a will, there's a way. And so again, it comes back to that consciousness. I'm a big fan of life design. Learned about it re- really in depth from the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss. That's where I first was introduced to this life design concept. So I try to do this thing like a yeah. sovereign life design. How can I take control of my life, even if it's slow but sure, to make these proactive steps? So it's not today, maybe it's not next week, maybe it's not even the next year or so, but I have a plan and I'm working on that plan and those goals every day, every week, and my habits are in alignment with where I want to be in the future. What is some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people do when they try to do this? Is there any thoughts on that? Like... Like, okay, you tried it. Well, yeah, you did this wrong. Is there some, like, rookie mistakes you've seen people make that you'd be like, hey, man, you got to watch out for this? Yeah, you know, it's... So it's obviously easy. A lot of, earlier I mentioned folks that were like totally free. A lot of them don't own a bunch of assets. They don't have a 401k. They don't have a mortgage. They don't have children, right? So if somebody's worked really hard their whole life to build some wealth, to own a home, to, to have you know a college fund for the kids or whatever, you got to make sure that you tread lightly because what I'm, what I'm promoting and preaching, I don't want someone to put themselves at risk and to lose everything they worked for. So you need to be strategic. So there's some folks out there parroting like you got to be sovereign and declare this and don't pay your taxes because it's voluntary and UCC filing that send this to the Department of Treasury and get your magic black card or whatever. (laughs) I would encourage people to be really, really 
skeptical about those kind of gurus because okay. at the end of the day, some people yeah, could get hurt. Because we hear a lot bad. about that. We hear yeah. a lot of that. Everybody like, wants me not to pay taxes. I'm like, why do you want me to go to jail so badly? Dude? <laughs> I don't know. J- taxes is just the one thing where I'm like, I hate them. I think yeah. taxation is theft. I think it's gross, yeah. but man, it's it's theft at gunpoint because if you don't pay, they come yeah, to your house with a gun and put you in, in jail. And I talked to somebody yeah. who said their their uncle didn't pay taxes for fifteen years, and now he's just getting annihilated for like mm. the rest of his life. Of course, yeah. he's never going to get out. And I again, I don't like the system, but it's like you're right. There are consequences to actions. You can opt out of the system. You can be like take everything back and not to pay but like you can't do a lot of business so like my whole thing is like what is that nice nice middle there you know where the medium where you could find like you can live off the grid of shits and fan your set but there's also some things that are like you got to play the game with the tax man dude try to pay as little as you possibly can while staying within the law but pay them yeah pay them within the law you use your wife Use your wife for all that shit, and you well, stay I mean, off the grid. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you use you her credit is. card. Come visit Everything's you on her so name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the inside-outside game. That's what I call it. So, you know, there's this philosophy of agorism, uh, this book, uh, The New Libertarian Manifesto, written by this guy Samuel Edward Konkin. That's the philosophy that we utilize, the strategy we utilize in the Freedom Cell Network. And so a lot of it has to do with making calculated risk, taking calculated risks, and so my good friend Jack Spierko of the Survival Podcast, he'd be a great guest, by the way. This guy's the man. He's he booked. talks. He he relates how, like, you know, the mafia, they have their legitimate business, uh, the pork store, right? Or they're in construction or waste management services. You have the legitimate business. You have the 1040. That's the inside game. But you also got the outside game over here. I mean, waiters, waitresses, anybody that does cash business. You don't have to be a freedom lover or an anarchist in order to to keep your own money, you know. So you kind of get some stuff going on here on the side and you calculate the risks. One of the questions that I encourage people to ask themselves is this is like the standard, the test. Can it be known by the man? Can they know this financial transaction? So if someone pays you with Venmo, someone does a credit card or someone deposits a check to your bank account, that can be known. But a barter transaction Paying with cash, paying with the cryptocurrency like Monero, a privacy coin, it can't be known. And at that point, free people, it's up to them to make the choice, make the decision if they're going to comply or not. And at the end of the day, the more of us that make these calculated decisions safely not to comply, uh, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to undermine this system and hopefully build a better one. I completely agree with that. That is the way to go. Inside out game. This is the way. You know, pay some taxes, pay pay something that makes the tax man happy, and then have your side hustle. And everybody does that. And that's how you do it. And it's super interesting, man. So uh the great reset, man. It's here. How how far do you think it's gonna go? And do you think that the great reset's gonna you know, it, you know, the the 2030 agenda all that stuff do you see that happening i mean it seems like people are waking up daily to what's going on to the point that it's just like i think this this vaccine has caused people to really wake up 
to what their plans are. Do you see like them being able to get anything close to their plans, which is super depopulation, us eating bugs and <laughs> uh, bugs, you know, and all that. Do you see that happening or what's your thoughts? So I picked up on Agenda 21 back in 2011, and I would go to the Austin City Council and school them on how their policies were implementing Agenda 21. They thought I was a kook, of course, but now we see like it's just been a trip for me to be aware of this stuff for so long and now see it just coming into fruition at such a fast speed. Right. So the Great Reset, this effort to transform business economics the relationship between folks and then this fourth industrial revolution where they literally say klaus schwab says it in in his book about the fourth industrial revolution they want to merge biology and technology and then microsoft has this planetary supercomputer they're working on to catalog track and trace every bit of biodiversity not just humans but all the cattle everything all the swamp creatures whatever they want to control it all right and so I think absent some mass movement, right? And I'm not a big Trump guy, but I appreciate the movement that grew I from agree. Trump, right? I agree. Absent this mass movement that pushes back in major ways here in the US, I do believe that the Great Reset is going to be implemented and it's up to each and every one of us to figure out how we can navigate around it, how we can protect ourselves from it. And we actually, when the Great Reset started popping off, me and my good friend Derek Bros, the co-founder of the Freedom Cell Network with me, we started a counter movement. It's yeah, Derek's the man. It's called the greater reset. So like they want to do the great reset. We're doing the greater reset. They want to have coercion, centralization and control. We want to have voluntary interactions, decentralization and great human relationships with accountability like you were sharing. So we're coming up on our fourth iteration of the greater reset. It's an event that we put together. We call it the greater reset activation. It's not just a conference. It's not a festival where we go take shrooms and dance in the woods. It's bringing people together to focus on solutions. And the next one's coming up January 18th through the 22nd, January 18th through the 22nd. It'll be hosted in person in Bastrop, Texas, where we live here in central Texas. And then Derek's hosting a, his end of the thing in uh, Morelia, Mexico. It's really cool. We do like a hybrid online in Bastrop and in Mexico. It's simulcast. I don't know how the hell we pull it off, but we've had like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Catherine Austin Fitz, Jack Spierko, a whole slew of awesome guests. And really it's empowering a lot of people because you learn about this stuff and people get scared and they get overwhelmed and they feel like Tyranny and technocracy is inevitable, but yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. So we're trying to tell people like we need to take responsibility right now. We need to counter what they're doing, not by yelling at government buildings, not by voting for this guy or that guy, but by decentralizing our lives and the systems that we rely on. And that's what we're trying to teach people. And I mean, it's a challenge, but it's it's necessary if we want to get around this, because we could future generations can be born into a situation where there is no resistance. There is no freedom. It's just like China. It's just like a boot stomping on your neck for the rest of time. Like George Orwell said, but now's the opportunity to turn it around. Cause like you said, people are waking up. They overplayed their hand with the vaccine and stuff. It's a total fraud, but we gotta, we gotta take action. Can't complain about it. The research is great. Let's research so as to better understand our enemy so we can come up with a plan to navigate around them. And then let's set our sights on a better life for ourselves and let's build it. Let me ask you something. Uh, you said you went down to the city. You said you went down to the city council, right? 
Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think all of them understand what they're doing? Do you think um, they know what they're doing? I think that this agenda, Agenda 21, 2030, Sustainable Development Goals, I think they're so cunning that they create an environment where a lot of the participants that are carrying it out, they don't have to know the whole plan. It's like compartmentalization. And then they mix in, they called it the three E's, which is still around with the Great Reset. But back in Agenda 21, it was social equity, environment, and economy, right? So they're like, we're doing all this because of climate change. We're doing all this to create racial and economic equity. When in reality, that's all just fuzzy, nice words that really it's like techno-fascism. So I think most of them are just uh, dupes and unwitting, unwilling participants. But there are some control freaks that like get all high on the power, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think a lot of them really know what they're doing. Uh, for example, in Austin, we pushed back literally for like seven years. We tried to get the fluoride out of the water in Austin. Nothing's more obvious a fraud than the community fluoridation of water. In fact, it came about after the Manhattan Project because they had all this excess fluoride. They didn't know what to do with it. So they're like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? It's a pollutant. And they're like, why don't we put it in the water supply? Then we don't have to pay for all these environmental restrictions and all this stuff. Pure um, scumbags. Just pure yeah, scumbag. What we learned, it's like the CDC gives federal grants to the city. And so even if we made a case, we flew in Paul Conant, we flew in toxicologists and dentists and doctors, and we we presented the case to the city council. But at the end of the day, the federal government's like, no, 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 no. The CDC policy, this is one of the best public health innovations in the hundred past hundred years. And if you don't continue to do this, then we're going to withhold some of your grant money. So there's all these little strings that they can pull. And at the end of the day, I I don't think that everyone knows exactly what's going on at the lower level. They're just dupes, um, just like so many people uh, out in the public are as well. So interesting because, you know, federal government's like, oh, we're not going to give you funding. And all these states have to go is like, okay, then we're not paying our taxes. (laughs) But but their plan is so diabolical, and that's the best way to describe it. They got us Mm -hmm. all fighting with each other. And yep. we'll never come together to do that. And like real ass fucks, right? <laughs> who like wh- like are are upset that people aren't paying their taxes. Have no clue what happens with your tax money. Pissed away. I mean, it's they just so pissed it away. Stupid. And of course, they're going to hire eighty thousand new uh, IRS agents when God. they're spending trillions of dollars they need someone to pay off that interest and it's all just money laundering through defense dude most of, i mean if you look at if it, bill maher did this thing he came out with like a plate one time and just showed like based on the portions on the plate what was defense and he like scraped everything off except for a few peas you know mm-hmm. and i mean that's that's really how much that this gets pissed away on defense it's, 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 yeah, it's how much do you think they actually put back into the into the state if you had to say like like percentage wise it's probably like 10 or 20 percent something like that yeah penny nothing i mean like dude the amount of just waste just on like you know what you know how much money is wasted on administration costs oh god it's all bureaucracy yeah Yeah. bureaucracy that's it like dude i could give a bill like and i have my reservations about elon musk very much but man I mean, when he's like, they're like, you know, the uh, Yousef was like, if blah, blah, blah spent 
Well, this many billions of dollars he could spend. He could stop hunger worldwide. He goes, show me how you're going to do it. Yeah. I'm give you 10 bill. Where are you going to spend it? And they never got back to him because it's just easy to say stupid shit, right? It's just easy. Also in that thread, he talked about United Nations child trafficking on that same Twitter thread. Like he was throwing some haymakers out there. Do you think he is... Um, do you think... He is controlled opposition. I'm glad you asked because my buddy Ryan, who works with me, that helped to set up the interview, he is a big opponent of Elon and gives me a hard time because I'm actually inspired by Elon when it comes to his work ethic, when it comes to his persistence, when it comes to him going all in on his businesses and sacrificing his entire wealth and almost going bankrupt like in 2007, 2008. That being said, he has all sorts of Department of Defense contracts. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the Neuralink thing, but I got some Tesla Powerwalls on my house <laughs> that store 47 kilowatt hours of electricity, right? We got Starlink on the way because the internet's terrible out in the country. And I drive a Tesla Model 3, right? So I don't think he's controlled opposition. I think it's nuanced. And I want to challenge folks in our conspiracy community not to always see everything as good or evil or black or white. There's a lot of gray there, right? And so like Elon, if he was part of this new world order, he obviously wouldn't be saying we need to increase the population, yeah, right? Yeah. He wouldn't have opened his factory in defiance of uh, the governor in California and said, I'm going to go on the factory floor. And if you guys want to arrest anybody, you can start by arresting me. But then again, at the same time, I think he's my theory is that he's an opportunist. He's so passionate about making humans a multiplanetary species and send, setting up colonies on Mars that he's willing to take government money. He's willing to be friendly with NASA in order to further that goal. He's not a, a voluntarist. He's not a consistent libertarian or anarchist, but uh, I appreciate the guy. That being said, he's not perfect, and it comes back to the fact that we shouldn't hero worship but he sure is goofy as hell, man. And for yeah. the richest guy in the world to be tweeting all this crazy shit and yeah. calling out uh, Senator uh, Warren and all this stuff, I, I get a kick out of it. I do Look too. at who he pisses off. That's what I always say. Look at who yeah. he, he pisses off all the right people for me. If you just look at all the well, people he annoys. That's a big reason to like Trump because everybody hated, yeah. that yeah, hated Trump. Sure. I hated Those them. Those debates were awesome. For sure. Yeah. Loved the debates with Trump. Yeah, it's super interesting, man. It's super interesting. Again, I, 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 my biggest thing is like, don't, don't, don't wait for somebody to save you. Yeah. Save yourself. Don't, don't sit there and be like, they're gonna change the system. We've talked about this all the time on the show. You can't change the system. You can't change the game. You can only beat the game. Figure out how to beat the game. Once you figure out how to beat the game, you won't worry about that shit. I'm telling you. It's like, and, uh, and these shows lately are all about empowering yourself. You know, we, 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 we've done so many episodes on Deep State and Pizzagate and all that stuff. And that stuff's, that's fun to discuss. But the reality is, like, how does that affect you? And the question is, you know, what are you going to do about it? And what you're going to do about it is you're going to work on yourself and pull yourself out of the system. That's the best way to do it. You know, it's like getting back to nature, all that stuff, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's not easy. It's simple. I think that's a big difference, right? It's, it's like easy is not good for you. Simple is like nature and stuff like that, which I want to get into something with you right now. I see you, you talk about Kratom, right? We, we used to have a Kratom, 
sponsor on the show. I decided that I wasn't going to have them anymore. Uh, I got accused of like, you push drugs and stuff like that. Um, as a recovering alcoholic, I asked myself, do I want to do that? Uh, are there people out there that are suffering from addiction to Kratom? All that stuff. It's very important to uh, me that I don't do that. Even though this weekend I was with friends and they're like, dude, I'm, we got mushrooms. You want to do them? I'm like, I won't, but my feature's going to do it. Do the, do the mushrooms. <laughs> and I made John Mitchell do mushrooms. He's like, why? I'm like, do mushrooms. And he goes, okay, I'll do mushrooms. So my question to you is, you know, you're, you're not the first person to tell me about that, that suggests Kratom is being uh, demonized by pharmaceutical companies and the government. Can you get into that a little bit? Sure, sure. So uh, if, if some of your listeners aren't aware, Kratom's uh, the powderized leaf of the Kratom evergreen tree. It's most popularly imported from Indonesia. There's different types. They help with stress, anxiety, focus, energy. A lot of people take the red varieties for chronic pain. And you make a good point, right? People can become physically dependent on Kratom. It stimulates the opioid receptors, much like opioids and opiates. However, it's much more subtle. But here's the thing, and here's why I'm so passionate about it, and this is one of my first businesses that I launched, and I, because I saw the impact that it had on people's lives. So, yes, people can become dependent on it, but there's so many people that were formerly addicted to heroin, addicted to alcohol. My fiancé was addicted to um to Adderall and she took it for like 10 years and it got her so jacked up that she would drink when she got home. She called it pumping the brakes and then she developed an alcohol problem. And so when we started dating, I was like, man, I don't, I don't like to see you struggle like this. And I know you're trying to quit this Adderall, right? Well, she tried this white lightning Kratom that we sell and she was able to quit the Adderall. And more than that, she was able to quit drinking as well it's because it, it helps to kind of ease through that transition from addiction to a substance that could kill you. Kratom can't kill you. I mean, I guess if you drink enough water or whatever it can, but there's not really any known instances of that. And in fact, the FDA and CDC are like, there's all these Kratom related deaths. And then you go dig into the numbers and it's like, yeah, this guy fell off a roof and he oh. had Kratom in his system. Oh. This guy OD'd on cocaine, heroin oh. and Kratom in his system. It's kind of like COVID, COVID, right? yeah, COVID huh? or from huh. COVID. So I think it's an example of harm reduction. And if it's used responsibly, you can do it without developing a dependency. But a lot of the folks that actually do develop a dependency and they stop taking it, they'll have headaches, they'll have irritability, they'll feel like crap, maybe like flu-like symptoms. The folks that take it that much, they were formerly pounding heroin or addicted to Percocet or Oxycontin. So the way I see it is it's an example of harm reduction. Even if someone transitions a dependency, it's a natural substance. It's not going to kill them. They're not going to overdose on it like they would if they kept on with one of these more uh, synthetic, one of these chemicals, one of these more hard drugs. I take it personally. It helps me with focus. It actually helps me be more patient with my two kids. 
because like I'm a freedom guy. So I try to raise my kids to be freedom kids. And now they're rebelling against me. But it helps me. It helps me with patience. I don't lose my temper as much. It helps me with focus, helps me with motivation. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. But you do bring up a good point. And like anything, it's important to be used responsibly. So we encourage people to take uh, breaks. So if they end up being a daily user, maybe every two weeks or every month at least, you take off several days to give your body's systems an opportunity to kind of reset and relax. So it's not taxing on the liver or kidney. Uh, you could pull back. And if you're, if you're someone that suffers from chronic pain, you switch over to CBD for a little while instead of the Kratom. But like anything, it's good to be used moderately, responsibly. <laughs> but like I said, yeah, a lot of the folks that are dependent on it, they were previously dependent on some pretty hardcore stuff. And I've heard a lot of those stories, man. It really just... Can I can I ask, do you, do you make a distinction between the actual, just the crushed leaf and the extracts? Because I know they have like 20X plus extracts that that are uh, being sold. Do you, do you think there's, it's important to stay on the leaf uh, when you're doing that, the crushed leaf, or do you think the extracts are safe? We only sell just raw kratom. Uh, we sell the powder and we sell capsules. I've stayed away for the extracts because it's a lot easier for people to abuse. And we're not here to help to help people to get high or anything. It, it, it feels good, but it doesn't really get you high. I think the powder is a lot more natural. It's a lot more subtle and it's a lot more harmonious with our body. The I extracts agree, can get you jacked up. Yeah, the, the extracts too. They have a very chemical sort of taste. I mean, it just doesn't taste like something that's healthy to me. I've, yeah, uh, it doesn't taste natural. I used to yeah. work at a smoke shop. Uh, they they used to use it to come down. Is is that what it's is it, is that good for that? Depends on the dose. I think. Calm down off of what? Uh, like a uh, tweak or whatever drug they were on. They used it as a, like uh, to help them from the come down. Like what? I think cool in it heavier down. doses, yeah. It could, Was it? That could be. Sure, sure. I know for sure, like, a lot of people become dependent. You know, there's this doctor named Gabor Mate, incredible doctor, does all sorts of spiritual work and working with addiction. And he draws a distinction between addiction and dependency, right? So dependency is someone that's physically dependent on something. If they stop taking something, maybe they don't feel well, right? Addiction is you're physically dependent and it's causing immense harm in your life. Maybe it's really hurting your body. Maybe you're so addicted, you're stealing from people, you're, you're uh, abusing family members because you're all drunk and angry or whatever, right? So addiction on the one hand has that really negative effect along with the dependency. And then dependency is just, you've taken something, caffeine, for example, uh, cigarettes. I'm not a big fan of cigarettes, but right. There's not a ton of negative harm except, well, I guess the cancer part is pretty bad, but <laughs> I would draw that distinction. So there are folks that were dependent and addicted on hardcore stuff. They try to quit, but the withdrawal symptoms keep them coming back. And so a lot of people use Kratom to transition from the addiction to sobriety. And, yeah. and like y'all brought up, sometimes they just end up being dependent on Kratom, but they're not stealing money from their girlfriends or their mother's purse. They're not going to OD. They're not getting into accidents on the freeway, right? They're just physically dependent on a plant. And at the end of the day, it's not ideal, but it's better than this place that they were before. I get that. I respect that. Uh, what is your thoughts on what is going on in America with drugs? I mean... The videos coming out of what's going on in our big cities, it's it's it, it, like all these big cities are now becoming ghettos. Yeah. And it's and it's exactly what they did with the the the, the ghettos flooding in with crack. Now they're taking these other other uh drugs, crystal meth, heroin, uh fentanyl. fentanyl, and they're flooding 
the white neighborhoods now and the inner and and the suburbs and the rural areas and it's starting to look like a ghetto everywhere and not that what happened to the black community is anything separate or shouldn't be seen as completely disgusting but you see now you're looking at these places and instead of when we would all see and be scared uh, of a certain area now it's everywhere our favorite cities yeah. You know, you know, like, what are your thoughts on you all walk that? around them like they're nothing? I do. <laughs> uh, not I that they're nothing, it. <laughs> but it, I, I, they're for, but there, but for the grace of God, go I. A lot of it's by design, unfortunately. A lot of it's out of ignorance and just stupid, mostly Democrat policies, although Republicans aren't exempt. I think really what it comes down to is we live in a trauma based society. And this is a lot of what Dr. Gabor Mate talks about as well. Why people become addicted is because they never learn to deal with the pain or trauma from some adverse life event, oftentimes in their childhood, but often in adulthood as well. And so people are never taught how to how to go inward, how to deal with what a lot of spiritual folks refer to as the shadow self, right? that it hurts so much when you remember that stuff, the pain comes back in a physiological way that people just want to numb it. It's the easy way out. The challenge is going back, forgiving yourself, forgiving your aggressor, even in some instances, and really just having a conversation with yourself or a therapist or a plant medicine like ayahuasca, for example, and just dealing with that trauma, bringing it to the surface and facing it Dealing with your inner child, whatever it may be, I think that's really what it happened. What what it has to do with all this addiction stuff. And there's these cycles of trauma, where the grand the grandfather beat the the parent, right, and then they pass it on to the kid. And it's up to each and every one of us in this present moment, everyone that's listening to this interview right now, to break that cycle of trauma and stop passing it on. Try to be a good person. Try to show up for other people. Share some compassion. Lend a ear. Hold space. Don't all, I always struggle with my kids and stuff like always go into solutions. Sometimes people just want to be heard. And when they can be heard, they feel comfortable getting through some stuff. So that's my thoughts on addiction. I don't know that it's going to turn around until people learn how to heal. I, uh, I completely agree. I mean, I have two children right now and I, I, I am constantly walking between old school dad, new school dad. <laughs> and it is not hard, easy. Man. Because I do think there's a bunch of sternness. You have to be stern with your kids. But there's also something about loving them and being there and uh, being emotionally available for them. You know? I mean, like, I think some people look back on the past and they romanticize all of it. Like, it, nothing was bad when your dad was, like, just completely all business, right? And he was there was no emotions. Your father would come home from work say hi, grab a beer and watch television. And that was the interaction. Like, I don't think that's right. You know, but it's also this whole thing about like thinking your two year old is like old enough to make mature decisions and just like having like wanting to be friends with your, your kids instead of being their parents. Yeah. I think there's a middle. Well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. 100%. And I think you can find it. You can find it though. You have to find it. I mean, it's super important if you don't, I mean, who knows? But I also have this thing that children and people are on their path and like s- trauma can knock them off it. But as long as you show them love and you, you, you're there for them and they feel safe, I think they can 
fulfill their destinies. That's my real belief. Like yeah. the other day, my daughter talked about a chef hat. And I have no clue where she learned that chefs have hats. But somehow she learned there was a chef hat. I'm like, are you a chef? She's like, I need a hat. I go, what? <laughs> Who told you about the chef hat? We just stared at her in amazement. But it's like this osmosis stuff. Like they learn stuff. through. They're downloading information off the internet. Yes. I mean, off, off the universe. Saw it one time and that's it. But I don't even know if they went away. Hey, that's a chef's hat. That's so crazy. Dude, my my nephew, they had to take his phone. My brother-in-law just threw it in the lake. Like he just no. threw the phone in the lake because it was in front of him. Was, in front of him, like no, 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 point? no, 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 like oh. that. No, but just so you could tell him that it was gone, like genuinely gone. Not like I don't. I, I we, we were like, why don't you just put it in the attic and tell him you threw it? In the lake. My, my but, daughter already, dude, and it was like crack to him. It was he was. I mean, he could not peel himself off of the damn thing and he was like my he my he asked to use my mom's phone and deleted her text messages her email and he comes to her and goes i had to make some room is what he, he's he's, not, he's in preschool he dude. wanted to download yeah. something and yeah. it said too much stories right yeah yeah <laughs> it's i think I, that stuff it, i think it's designed to crack out adult brains yeah. And what it does to kids' brains is just magnified. You know, it's 10x, 20x. But I, I think you got you got to. You, you don't, sure I mean, you don't in a weird way, you don't babysit. think it's, it's the opposite. I remember being in elementary and parents wanting their kids to take a computer class to learn how to type. Yeah, this is different. I, 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 no, no, I, I know it's different, but you can tell the difference. I really remember my mom was like, you need to learn how to type because that's the future. And now it's like, nope, give me that phone. I don't need you to learn the future. Stay here where you're at right well, now. Well, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's just weird. Get in a coding yeah. class. Put them in a coding class if you want them to learn the well, future. Well, I was told as a kid, stop playing video games because you're never going to make money off of video games. Yeah, and now <laughs> Twitch is making and millionaires. That haunts me. Haunts me. Haunts you think you would have been really good at video games? No, I wasn't. Oh. But I, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's true. Yeah. Golden eye. My father worked hard <laughs> enough that I was the first one to have a video game console at my house. The kids came over to my house Atari? to play. What, you, what kind of video game console? It was Atari. Atari. Right? My father nice. worked hard, right? But I would play. He's like, stop playing that. You never got. You got to get real life skills. Now you got these guys making six, seven figures. Of course, I was probably a little older. You'd be flying drones for the government, bombing yeah. weddings. And right? Shit. Yeah. I mean, oh, <laughs> so many options out there. So I'm very nervous about when I tell my daughters don't do a certain thing because who knows where they're going? Who knows mm. what the future is? So it's a little bit of everything. I do want her to interact with me, and I I find certain ways to grab the tablet, put it away, so she can go run around and. Uh, do all that but yeah man i mean again being a parent isn't easy it's compromises man. it's the greatest it's about balance the middle path right the buddha talked about the middle path so it's not no screens no tech whatsoever it's also not set the kid down in front of the tablet so you can go do your own thing it's like it is the technology of the future it's, it's already here right now it's going to be even more important moving forward but we also got to be cautious. That's part of the whole great reset thing to bring people into this metaverse virtual world. That's why the lockdowns and all this COVID tyranny fits so perfectly with the great reset stuff. But we want the kids to be equipped, but we also don't want them to be disconnected from that human connection from nature, from earth, from going out. And like we used to have a blast when I was a kid riding our BMX bikes, getting into trouble, going and starting fires in the woods and stuff, you know, so it's just a balance, right? We don't want to keep our kids from it because it is important and useful but we don't want them to be addicted to it either like most of us are <laughs> i agree i agree 
I agree. It's crazy times. We live in just crazy times. John, you came. You saw. You crushed. I appreciate you coming on, spending a little time with us. One more time, can you just tell them where they can find you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, people can check out our business, livefree.academy. I'd love for folks to sign up for our daily newsletter. You can go to livefree.academy slash email, livefree.academy slash email. And I talked about the Freedom Cell Network. It's just people getting together. They recognize the problem and they're focused on solutions. There's over 33,000 of us across the globe. It, before COVID, there was a thousand. After COVID, 33,000. So that just goes to show they overplayed their hand and the people are waking up and rising up. So it's completely non-political. It's completely non-violent. It's decentralized. It's localized. And it's all about working together to create more freedom. People can register at our new and improved website. We just relaunched it, freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org. And then I'd love people to join us for the greater reset. We're going to have incredible speakers. It's all about empowerment. They can come in person in Mexico or Texas, or they can watch online for free. And uh, you can register for that. You don't even have to register. You just go to the website, thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. And then I mentioned that workshop helping people to do the homesteading stuff, whether you're in the city, whether you're in an apartment, whether you live in the country, single family neighborhood. Uh, I gave you guys a link that you can share with folks. They could check that out. And uh, that workshop's coming up. We're going to teach folks everything they need to know to get started. Uh, we're going to talk about that meat share program. We're going to talk about being a nomad, basically living big on a small budget so hey i appreciate you guys y'all really uh have a lot of fun with this pretty daunting uh message and all the crazy stuff going on in the world and i'm, I'm really excited to see that the the tone and the focus is shifting towards empowerment because we really don't have a choice uh if we want our children to grow up experiencing freedom we never thought possible it's up to each and every one of us to change our habits to take a good hard look in the mirror and ask ourselves am i contributing to freedom and prosperity in the future or am i just continuing this cycle of aggression and trauma corruption and control i really think that if we make that decision to change the way we live now it'll impact future generations to come and nothing could be more important so i really appreciate you guys having me on i agree man let's get that that number up to 34 thousand so go. i don't have to hear about 33 ever <laughs> oh dude he said 33 bro come on bro he's compromised dude Jesus. You got us. They always say that the left eats itself alive, so isn't the conspiracy theorist people. <laughs> yeah. Just chill. Enjoy your life, okay? Not everybody is controlled opposition. Again, John, thanks for coming on. Guys, I love you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We got Plano, Texas uh, next week. Uh, next week, not this week, weekend after. And then after that, Comedy Chaos, I got murder lineups. I'm about to announce it. Murder lineups. So get ready to rock. Uh, I'm very excited. We love you guys very much. We can't thank you enough for all the kind DMs, the tweets, the emails, the love, the sharing of the episodes. Uh, you guys really make this all worthwhile. And, you know, you're a big part. You are the reason we do this. And uh, everything else is bonus. So thank you guys very much. We love you. I hope you enjoyed the show. And we will see you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. We go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Open your mind. <laughs> Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. <laughs> That's some interdimensional shit. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.